Welcome to Episode 3 of The Pandemic Tapes. My name is Clint Holly, and I'll be your host. The Pandemic Tapes is produced in conjunction with Roots of American Music and the Ohio Arts Council. In 2019, the Ohio Arts Council awarded Roots of American Music a grant to produce a series called Garage Band Garage Sale. This series was to include live musical performances and an in-person flea market slash garage sale, which was to be used as a fundraising campaign for Roots of American Music. The coronavirus pandemic of 2020 ended all of these plans, and the Ohio Arts Council was kind enough to let Roots of American Music retool the whole program into a podcast that talks to musicians about the struggles and challenges of living in this new environment that has been created by the coronavirus. Part of this program will also include music that the artists have recorded while at home in isolation using the tools that they have on hand. Today's guest is named Jason Myers. He's been a big part of the Cleveland music scene for probably the last 10 to 15 years. He has a lot of regular local gigs, and he also has other jobs associated with music too. So in this episode, he talks a lot about uh, how the coronavirus has impacted those jobs. He works in the healthcare field, so he talks a, a lot about how that has been impacted and uh, how technology is uh, helping and also can also be a challenge sometimes. So let's spend a little bit of time today getting to know Jason Patrick Myers, teaching artist for Roots of American Music, and find out what he's been up to during the coronavirus lockdown. My name is Jason Myers. I've been playing music for 33 years. Um, Professionally, I've been playing now for, i got to do the math, 24 years. Um, I, I typically perform in the winter, um, I would say between six and eight gigs a month. Um, during the summer, it could be anywhere between um, eight and 16, um, depending on the month. Okay. And some of the uh, some of the regular gig- gigs I have are at the CLE Urban Winery every other Tuesday for CLE Uncorked, um, which is a uh, music, poetry, magic. <laughs> <of that. laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's one of my regular ones that has been uh, washed away from all this. So everything right now you have had on the books is is gone. Um, for the most part. Uh, I actually, so our daughter was born February 15th. She was due March 29th. So I had actually not booked anything between March 15th and May 1st. Wow. So I actually planned on not gigging, but I'm looking ahead to my calendar and I'm going, uh oh, because <laughs> I have a lot coming up in May and June. I will tell you the, the one interesting thing is that um, I booked a gig in Pittsburgh at a uh, place called Ollie at Baumhouse. Mm-hmm. It's an apartment complex, and I was supposed to play in the lobby for two hours. Well, they actually moved me to their digital um, platform through their Instagram. They're still going to pay me, and they're still going to um, keep to that. And I'm going to play a 45-minute concert for them on um, May 4th. What's your involvement with Roots of American Music? So I've been involved now, I want to say four years, um, with Roots of American Music. Um, I started with the Stop the Hate program at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame through the uh, Maltz Museum of Jewish Heritage. And from there, I've been involved in different uh, programs at the, um, uh, let's see, different senior centers, um, 
again, with Stop the Hate each year, the Natural History Museum, there's a circle, summer circle camp um, where we work with kids and we build instruments. Um, and it's really been, Roots of American Music has been such a great tool to meet so many um, incredible people, teachers, musicians, kids. Uh, it, it's been it's been amazing the last four years. I think one of the other things I like to talk about with people about Roots of American Music is, and I think it's not part of the public perception of Rome either, and me and Juliana talked a lot about this, was you know, Rome is supplying a paycheck to musicians, and I don't think a lot of people in the community know exactly how much Rome does for musicians to help them be musicians. And maybe you could talk a little bit about that. Yeah, Rome Rome is amazing. Um, it's not only a, a great resource to meet people and to be in the community, but they, they pay. Kevin Richards, the um, executive director, he understands that we need to get paid. So um, it's, it's a great resource. It's also a great job. One program that's very important to Rome and the community in general is called Stop the Hate it's a partnership program with the Maltz Museum of Jewish Heritage and Roots of American Music and is uh, also a presentation that happens at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And this is one thing that may be affected by the pandemic this year. So Jason tells us a little more about the Stop to Hate program, what its goals are, and what it's been doing for almost the last 10 years. Well, I haven't really talked to anybody directly about the Stop to Hate program yet. So if you could elaborate on that a little bit, that would be awesome. Well, I think it's great that, that we're we're trying to get this out there because I feel like there is some confusion with Stop the Hate. Whenever I, I tell people about it each year, they go, wait, what? What is it? So the Reader's Digest version of it is basically um, each of the teaching artists is assigned a school, maybe two. Um, and a lot of these schools are through CMSD, the uh, Cleveland Metropolitan School District. Right. Um, and what we do is we, we meet the class at the Maltz Museum, Jewish Heritage. We do a tour of the museum. We watch a video. And then we have five classroom sessions. Um, the first session is usually an introduction. You get the song going. You talk to the class. And the whole premise is that uh, stop the hate. So we're trying to get them to talk about what hates, discrimination they may see in their life. It could be something in their neighborhood. It could be something at school. It could be something that they witnessed on television. Um, and we write a song about it. And it's always a positive, proactive song. Um, right. What can we do to stop the hate? So the fourth session, we record the song. And the fifth session, we work out our dance moves. Um, and the coolest <laughs> part about and that usually doesn't work too well with my kids, I got to tell you. Right. I'm a horrible dancer. Um, but after all this, we perform the song um, with the other schools at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Wow, that's amazing. And what's your feeling? Uh, I know that's usually later in the year. What's your feeling um, about this maybe happening or not happening this year? Because the, one of the questions I'm going to lead into is about um, collaboration online. And, you know, I'm wondering if a program like Stop the Hate could be uh, moved to kind of like an online uh, platform to keep it going. Well, I'm I'm more and more optimistic by the day um, about that possibility, but it's it seems to be a week to week thing. Um, nobody nobody really knows from week to week. I mean, this is all encompassing. I mean, it's it's affecting everybody in every single way. So, um, I I think it can be. Um, I think anything can be moved online. To be honest with you, I, I'm doing work with university hospitals and the music therapy department. I'm doing work with Roots of American Music. I'm doing work with. Uh, WJC 88.7, through all these different 
um, things, we've been able to um, translate our work into a digital platform. Tell a little bit about maybe what you do for University Hospital and has that impacted your work? Um, Obviously, how are you going in and out of a hospital right now? Are you working online uh, primarily right now? So I am the program coordinator in the expressive therapy department. A lot of people are confused about what expressive therapy is. It's the combination. <laughs> right. it's, it's, yeah, and even I was. I'm like, wait, what am I? Um, <laughs> it's the music therapy program and also the art therapy program. Okay. So I'm the program coordinator. My job is to basically connect the outside world with the hospital. I, I hold concerts in the atrium. Um, I, I bring musicians in to play for the um the staff and for the the patients who may be eating in the atrium. Um, I do a bunch of other programs too, that really connect um, the outside world with, with uh, university hospitals. Um, And we right now, the music therapy team has been able to still offer their services to patients in a digital way. Right. um, Which has been absolutely amazing, which means we all still have a job, (laughs) which means we're all still working. And most importantly, we're helping people, which is the main, the main point. So let's talk about um, your songs a little bit. You sent me uh, two songs, correct? Was that? Yes. Yeah. You sent me two songs and maybe set, set up the songs a little bit. Talk about the circumstances, talk about, you know, being, you know, kind of in this lockdown situation and you, and you got this new family, like what's, you know, what's going through your mind while you're writing these songs? How much time do you have? Let me see. Yeah, we got plenty of time. Yeah, no, we're good. Um, no, I'll try to condense it. I, you know, the first thing is for the uh, one song, NICU, which is and I see you, but spelled N I C U. Um, I was just trying to record it without crying, to be honest. With right. you. It was difficult, but um, yeah, so that one was about the NICU. My, uh, my wife and I were in the NICU for 17 days with our child. Um, and I wrote that song while sitting next to her, um, isolate. So they put her into a, it's not an incubator, but a, uh, isolate and the, the beeps were going and the wires were there and all the hospital sounds were happening. And I'm like, I need to write a song like right now. So <clears throat> I kind of thought about, it, I'm like, I kept saying the words over and over again. And I see you and I see you. I'm like, and I see you. And then there it was, there was a chorus. So I started writing it there. And I finished most of it the <clears throat> the day before she came home. Right. Um, and, and this is uh, all this is all because your you and your wife had had a child and she was premature, correct? Correct. Yeah, she was six weeks uh, in one day premature. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what's you know what's crazy is like I try to say this with every interview I do, but like you know it sucks that it happened, but there are so many people in a worse situation. I'm. The, the one across the hall from us was uh, 23 weeks. I mean, that was like, it, it's crazy. So right. we're very grateful for, for the way it worked out. And we were thinking the other day, like, wow, March 29th, she was supposed to be born. Can you imagine being in the hospital then? Like, Oh, what's well, almost like the right thing happened. I mean, it's, it's crazy when you kind of do that kind of check on things and you're like, Oh my goodness. Like that would have been a horrible time to be in a hospital. Right. Right. And I feel so bad for those that are in there right now. But, you know, our story was that she was six weeks early. She showed up February 15th um, and she's healthy. She's good. Oh, nice. Um, and you're so you're yeah. sitting. So going back to your story, then you're yeah. sitting in the, the NICU unit. That This is where they put premature children. Then is this to, to yeah. nurse them to to the health that they need to be to go home? Right? Yes. OK. Yep. 
Yeah, yeah. So I was sitting there, and I was just, you know, like I said, we spent 17 days there, and uh, I just wanted to write a song, and uh, that was it. And the cool part about this is that we promised the nurses and doctors who were amazing at Hillcrest Hospital, we promised them that we would come back and, and you know, bring our daughter, Taylor. Of course, we can't do that, so I'm like, I need to make a video to give them. Right. And that's where the video came from. Oh, cool. Nice. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And that's exactly. on uh, that's on YouTube now, so we can plug that. So, uh uh, yeah, that's on YouTube and on my website, jasonpatrickmyers.com. And I see you in the green grass drinking pink lemonade. Your red hair in the warm wind as your blue eyes they say. Same words I said back on St. Patrick's Day Many years removed to a girl just like you I said and I see you And I love you And I see you in your backpack on your first day Kicking the rocks as the bus makes its way And kissing mom's cheek like it's St. Patrick's And I see you dressed up for your first dance He doesn't treat you right, I'm gonna kick his ass I was saying The car isn't here And I see you getting out of here Asking questions I don't have answers to Like how does one successfully tie their shoes See I never was good at all those basic to-dos But I promise a girl I'll learn bunny ears for you And I see you turn the radio up so high We're singing every word of American Pie Smiling at the red light I'm so proud you're mine Hey, I gotta tell you I'm enjoying this ride Probably cause I'm the one who taught you to drive So let's go you girl a few years from today I see us in the green grass drinking pink lemonade you'll say and I see you and I love you and I see you in your backpack on your first day kicking the rocks as a bus makes its way and kissing mama's cheek 
like it's St. Patrick's. And I see you dressed up for your first dance. If he doesn't treat you right, I'm gonna kick his ass. I was saying, the car is in gear. And I see you getting out of here. One of the things I'm trying to ask every musician that I have interviewed, what do you think the impact is going to be locally, regionally, and or nationally on um, venues, and and more specifically even the local venues that seem to be the backbone of uh, local music communities, you know, not AEG or Live Nation, you know, they, they, they have their deep pockets, but people like the Beach Lane, the Grog Shop, the Happy Dog, uh, your Cleveland Urban Winery, Brothers Lounge, like what do you think is going to be the impact of all of this on those places? Well, I think it's, I think there's two answers to that question. One, I, I really believe that there are businesses that believe that music can positively impact their business. Um, so you're always going to have that group of restaurants or bars that believe that they should hire musicians. Then you have the other side who they don't believe that at all. Right. <laughs> so you're not going to change either one, you know, uh, so you have those two sides. Fine. Then you have to figure out, okay, what is the impact to everybody? Who's allowed to go where? What can we do? Because then you have to follow those restrictions. Right. Um, based off of that, though, I can tell you that places like the Beachland, the Grog Shop, they need our help the most. So as soon as we're able to go out, I'm going to be encouraging everybody to go to these venues and support them. Are you going to personally feel safe going into a crowd if there's not a vaccine or anything like that? I don't know. I don't know. I haven't been able to wrap my head around that, to be honest with you. We, we just picked up some some masks the other day. And um, you, 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 it's hard to judge how much is obviously this is a big deal and this is killing a ton of people and hurting a ton of people. But there's a psychological portion of it that can creep in a little bit more than what the physical portion could be. Right. Um, so it's, it's hard to tell because again, it's week to week. I don't know how I'm going to feel. I don't know how we're all going to feel in June, July, August, September. Um, I'm just kind of taking the approach of I'm going to use common sense. Right. And I'm going to understand that there are these digital options right now that we live in this new world where when things go back, um, to where they were, hopefully, we have this new tool, and it's called technology. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> it's beautiful. Right. <laughs> I, I do miss that interaction. I really do, and it it really sneaks up on you. You think you're fine, right? <laughs> and then you know you start playing guitar, and every time I play guitar and play music, I always think, who is my audience? Who am I playing to today? Even if I'm sitting in a room by myself, I imagine like. Who am I playing to right now? Who am I singing this song to? And it's a really, really bad feeling to know that there's nobody you can play it to. It's, um, it's sad, but um, it has definitely impacted me. Um, I, I feel like I need to kind of take a break each day, right. take a deep breath, and just envision a world where we go back to somewhat normal. Have you done any uh, like live streams? Have you attempted to do any of your events live streaming? 
uh, or have you like collaborated with anybody via Zoom or any kind of those other tools? I know like Kevin from uh, Rome is you know, writing songs with a guy that's in Washington state. So randomly, uh, randomly, I, I received this message on Facebook uh, a few weeks ago from this guy in Chicago. He said, Hey man, I did a search for harmonica players and your name came up. I said, great. Okay. What can I do for you? He said, well, my dad is in poor health. Um, he's going to be 67 on Wednesday and I want somebody to play harmonica with him. And I said, well, sign me up i'm I'm here let's do it right so i, I end up doing facetime with this complete stranger wow. in chicago wow and we end up we end up playing some some blues i showed him some uh different bends and flutters on the uh on the harp and we talked for about an hour and a half and we played music together and it was beautiful it was out of nowhere and it was great as we get close to the end of our conversation with Jason Myers, let's listen to another song that he wrote during the pandemic. And this one's a little more lighthearted than the first one. And I see you. This one's called It's 2 p.m. And it's a clear reference to the coronavirus updates that Governor Mike DeWine of Ohio would have every day with his health director, Amy Acton. And they became quite an Internet sensation. So Jason kind of tells a story about writing this uh, lighthearted a song about the uh, pandemic. So this song is called "It's 2 p.m." Uh, my wife, <laughs> my wife was standing in the uh, the bedroom next to the bed, and uh, I was in the bathroom. And I swear I heard her say, "We can sleep there in the bed." And I'm brushing my teeth or whatever, and I come out. I'm like, "What?" And I heard her say, "We can sleep there in the bed." And she's standing next to the bed. I'm like, "Wait, what? We can sleep there in the bed?" She's like, "We can sleep there in the bed." By the fourth time, I thought she was like, there was something wrong with her. <laughs> I didn't, right. I'm like, yeah, of course we can sleep there in the bed. And I thought she like hit her head or something. But um, <laughs> and I'm like, repeat that one more time. And she's like, we can sleep her in the bed. I'm like, oh, we can uh, sleep our daughter in the bed, her bed next to our bed. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so it became a joke. Whenever we'd eat, you know, food in the kitchen, I could say, I would say, we could eat there in the kitchen. And she, would, <laughs> right. she would laugh. And I'm like, you know what? I need to write a song about this. So I did. And um, it's 2 p.m., of course, is the Mike DeWine, uh, Governor DeWine, Wine with DeWine. Yes, right. Um, about that. We've done that a few times as well. Um, so it's just, you know, it's a stupid song about, you know, doing different things in different rooms during the quarantine. bedroom we can eat there in the kitchen we can lie there on the couch and not worry about what we're missing because we're staying here at home in all our different rooms i don't know when this will end but i hope that it ends soon we can wash our hands in the sink or we could use that water to drink Hey, that gives me an idea It's 2 p.m., it's time to drink Because we're staying here at home In all our different rooms I don't know when this will end But I hope it ends soon We could bathe ourselves in the bathtub We could leave them off and make love Stand naked on a balcony Wave to our neighbors in the quarantine Cause we're staying here At home In all our different rooms 
I don't know when this will end But I hope that it ends soon Woo. We can stare out of a front door And guess the day of the week Is it Monday or a Saturday? Who the hell knows, don't ask me Cause we're staying here at home In all our different rooms I don't know when this will end But I hope that it ends soon We can sleep there in the bedroom Oh boy, I think I think we're in the normal I think we need to accept like, this is it, we're here um, Anything after this will hopefully be better. Um, I do want to say that um, to all my musician friends and coworkers, um, it's okay to not be creative during this time too. Like if you if you need to take a month and get stuff done around the house to make you feel better, that's okay. You don't need to write a hundred songs a day. If you want to, it's awesome, great. But I also want to put that out there too that it's okay to just be right now. Well, everybody's mechanism works a little bit differently. You know, we're all inspired by different circumstances and you know some people like digging out of that deep dark hole and writing about it and other people are like whoa whoa maybe i don't want to go <laughs> maybe i don't want to go there so i think that's great advice is like you know do what feels good to you right now yeah and whatever you have bubbling in there will pop out sooner or later i mean as we're both songwriters like you just i, I personally i don't usually have a lot of control over it i don't know what your process is, uh-huh. is. sometimes you know like you said you were sitting there in the nic unit just kind of re- repeating this phrase over and over again, all of a sudden something popped loose, you know? And, uh, and exactly. And I was listening to Charlie Mossbrook's uh, podcast and he was saying the same thing. How it kind of, I forgot what he said exactly, but it flows all together. Like it's there or it's not, you right. know, <laughs> right. And that's how I am too. The same way. Awesome. Well, Jason, I appreciate you uh, giving me a call and I'm looking real forward to, uh, you know, getting this done and, and, and getting more of these uh, interviews done. And I appreciate you, uh, you know, being part of it. No, thank you for, for asking me. I really appreciate it. Okay, man. I'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thanks. Clint. Okay. Thanks, Jason. Bye. Thank you for tuning into episode three of the pandemic tapes. A big thank you to Jason Myers as he navigates the world through the coronavirus and a brand new family. I'm Clint Holly, and I've been your host. The Pandemic Tapes is produced in conjunction with Roots of American Music and the Ohio Arts Council. Be sure to check out the other two interviews with Charlie Mossbrook and Juliana Tabor. If you are interested in donating to Roots of American Music, please find our website at www.rootsofamericanmusic.org and look for the podcast page. Also, look for the Garage Band Garage Sale page where Roots of American Music has instruments and other items for sale as a fundraiser so until next time have a great day and we'll talk to you then Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotis, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag 
but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, yeah. right? And, yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Tripodis. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.